All right, friends, I am back with another first Friday story just for you. First Friday is a series that I launched to my newsletter list in which I share a personal story from my life as a way to help you to understand the person behind this podcast, Writer's Chat, and also the person behind Chicken House Press, which is my indie press publishing company. And since I haven't said it already, (laughs) my name is Alana, and I'm so happy that you are here. If you don't know this about me already, we have a little bit of work to do. There is something that is so close to my nerdy heart. And if you've been following me at all in any capacity, I would actually be shocked that you didn't know this. From the depths of my nerdy heart, I have a love for John Travolta that surpasses whatever a big thing is. (laughs) Don't make me laugh. It is the dorkiest, obsessive, kind of love that you might expect from you know a dumb little high school student and I am wearing it as a badge of honor and with my last breath I will defend my love of this man. So as such I've implemented something called Travolta Tuesday in which my daughter and I watch one of his movies and The catalog of movies this man has been in is incredible. So we watch a movie. And so we're going like back to 70s. I believe his first movies were in the 70s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Like we're we're digging into the classics and we are loving it. I'm loving it. She's tolerating it. (laughs) But it's a really, it's a really special thing that we do. And I love that she is you know, entertaining the idea of hanging out with her mom in this dorky way. Because I appreciate the length of his career and all these like classic moments, most of the things that we are watching are actually on VHS tape. Because of why not? Like, let's resurrect old technology, right? (laughs) So... To date, I have a collection of 40 VHS John Travolta movies. So if that doesn't tell you the level of my stupid obsession, (laughs) I mean, I don't know what else to do for you. I also own two of those movies on like Laserdisc, which I have no way to play, but I had to have them because his face is on the label. Not only that, I have books. Like I have this terrible book that he wrote, A Story for His Children. It is the worst, but I love it. I have it. It's on display in my home. I have soundtracks on both vinyl and cassette tape from his movies. <laughs> my children actually gave me the cassette for Two of a Kind, which is the movie that he was in with Olivia Newton-John after Grease. And... I mean, it's them on the cover. It's it's adorable. I love it. That was a perfect gift. My children know me. And I hope that this is helping you get to know me a little better. And maybe you're going to run screaming for the hills. And that's great. Blessings. Safe travels, friends. But <laughs> if you would like to hear a little more, 
about my love for this man. I want to share this first Friday story with you. Now, I wish that my story was about the time that I met John Travolta and we became best friends and about how we have monthly coffee dates and are super involved in each other's lives and like BFF. Oh my God. What if John Travolta was like, hey, let's start a series called Travolta Tuesday where we watch my movies together. Good grief. I'm sorry. This is getting away from me. I'm going to share my second First Friday story, and you'll understand this whole rant about John when you hear it. You will never believe what I missed out on. At the beginning of February, a friend of a friend and an employee of Boeing attended the corporation tribute that marked the conclusion of the 747 model production at the Everett Washington plant. And guess who was there? John Travolta. You get licking. Okay, it's obviously unfair of me to have any feelings about this at all. I wasn't even invited. And if you're not invited, how can you miss out? I'm not even in the same country and yet, my immediate response was jealousy and a wave of FOMO so heavy. I wanted to stomp my foot like a toddler. Um, side note, are we still saying FOMO? I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm cool enough to say that. Or maybe it's the opposite that I am enough of a loser to say that. I don't know. I always tell my husband that he is, has been afflicted with FOMO. And then I always have to explain what it means because we're old and we don't understand the vernacular of, you know, them hip youths. <laughs> Whatever. You understand what I'm saying. The truth is, I don't want to meet John Travolta at a party or some corporate event. I want a classic meet cute in which I spill coffee on my jeans and he passes me a napkin. Our hands touch. I blush. His eyes are bluer than I thought they'd be. He smells like the mountains and buys me a fresh coffee. You missed a spot, he says, handing me a new cup. My name isn't written on it, but there's a small chalk heart instead. I lick a drop off my finger that remained from the initial spill. Should we find a seat, he asks, indicating a private booth in the back of the cafe. I nod, leading the way, feeling his energy close behind me, those blue eyes on my back, every fantasy I've clung to since I was 16, resting like a dare in the air between us. My children think it's gross and wrong that I harbor such devotion for a man who was born the same year as my father. Maybe they're right. I don't care. An eccentric hippie actress moved to my little small town and bought a gallery. I wooed her for a while, using her desire to write her own stories to build up her trust in me before initiating a coffee date in which I made that poor woman share all about her time on the set of Hairspray with my John. Thankfully, she seemed to find that adorable rather than alarming, and an easy friendship was born. When she signed a copy of her first book for me, she wrote, Alana, John would love you. And I really think he would. I make a point of making myself likable, not in a fake way, but in a down-to-earth, approachable way. I try to lead with empathy and grace, and sure, I fall short sometimes, but I aim to view those shortcomings as learning opportunities, and I work to rise above them. 
Way back in 2016, there was a publishing party I wasn't invited to. My own. I had written a book that I was incredibly proud of, but everywhere I turned, gatekeepers were slamming the door. Or the gate. In my face. I had no platform and no industry connections. The one time I sat down for a meeting with a potential agent, he tipped his cowboy hat at me and sent me on my way. He'd flown in from Texas to give a speech at a conference I was attending, and I was able to land a 15-minute pitch session with him. He told me I was eloquent and charming, but those things wouldn't get my book published. I needed social proof that a company could make money off of me. Gross and wrong. Art as a commodity hurt my heart. Artists should get paid. 100%, but for someone else to value my soul work as their potential paycheck, I couldn't stomach it. So I started my own publishing company. Cynics will say I've become the thing I hated, but here's the difference. I value quality over qualification. Heart speaks louder to me than platform. I believe in relationship and community and nurturing writers towards publication in a way that makes them feel like they haven't sold their soul or compromised their own integrity or that of their story. Yes, I choose to invest in the books that I think I will be able to sell. I want my authors to be able to fund their passion. Yes, I do ask writers about their existing platforms, but not as a measure of their worth, only as a potential tool that might help to fuel success. But more than books that sell or platforms with wide arms, I am looking for stories that resonate. Are you sitting on something special? Is there a manuscript in a drawer that the gatekeepers have forced there? If you have a story you believe in, Chicken House Press might be the place to renew your belief in it. Maybe this is me bumping into you. Maybe this is you tucking your hair behind your ear as we both bend down to pick up the pages you dropped. Maybe this is me glancing over the opening line and saying, this is quite good. Can I get you a cup of coffee and you can tell me about it? Maybe this is you saying yes, even if you're unsure as I hand you a warm cup with a little heart drawn in chalk on the lid. Maybe today is the start of the party you've been waiting to be invited to. So if that resonated with you in any way and you want to learn more about what I actually offer through Chicken House Press, please come and check me out at chickenhousepress.ca. You can always use the contact page and reach out with your specific questions or book a Zoom meeting with me. I'd love to chat things out. Now, to be real, if your proposal involves like John Travolta fan fiction, I'm probably going to want to read it, but... Honestly, I'm I'm not going to publish it, but the truth is I have been known to respond quickly to a query that includes something about John Travolta because it shows me that you are paying attention. <laughs> so if you ever feel compelled to, to submit or to reach out to me, this is just a little pro tip. Know who you're speaking to, mention something they love, and if it's as dorky as a stupid crush on a celebrity, lean into that because as someone on the receiving end of that, it's charming and it makes me feel like you actually know me before we've even met. And that is really special. That's a great start to a potential relationship. So just a silly pro tip for you. I hope that you've enjoyed this 
second edition of First Friday Stories. I will be back at the beginning of July with another story. This one is going to be about my scary trip to Staten Island and a really special experience I had in Times Square. Until then, keep chasing whatever crazy dream you have, even if it is a meet cute with John Travolta. Mm-hmm.